1: It's the Luca Show. <laughs> I did a little pump when I got excited. Said, it's the I didn't mean to. It's because I'm leaning back on my chair in the studio. It's kind of like, um, I don't know what someone's done to this chair, but you can really lean far back, so I'm feeling very relaxed. And as I shouted, welcome to the Luca Piccio, um, a little Tommy Squeaker popped out. Apologies. Uh, this... Uh, Luca Pete Shaw is here once again on Thursday. We're like um, Alastair Campbell and Rory Stewart, aren't we? In many ways, <laughs> yeah. That's
2: Lukey. I think so. I think that um, yeah. Th- the thing is that I would, in that analogy, I would be Alistair Campbell almost certainly because I'm the ranty, loud one, which makes you the very, very clever and polite and respectful Rory Stewart. But and the beauty camp, of it is, let's not
1: forget, camp and an opium addict. Opium addict, and he's also a Tory. So that that would he stick in your a Yeah, well, not any. He's very much fallen out of love. Uh, no, to that. he's not. So... I, um, I very Peter, much... are you are you. I mean, just
2: just. I just want to double check again because yeah. I said on Monday we do this as we go. Are you yeah. happy with what you've just called him there? Are you legally <laughs> very content with that? <laughs> what the opiate? Don't say, say opium. again.
1: Yeah, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to jump in, but instead you moved it onto <laughs> Tory stuff. I was waiting for you to go. He's not an opiate. He did. He did an opium once. Yeah. and he admitted it in Afghanistan. Okay, and are and you I happy with that clarification? Cool. I'm happy with that clarification. Yes, okay, I was fine. hoping for you to jump in because you've got you've got sloppy, mate. You never know when I'm going <laughs> to pop out and absolutely. I'm still reeling for the sloppy. fact that you've
2: opened the show by talking about you, your flatulence. This is I know. This is, yeah, this is up there with the ten minutes we did on dog poo a few years ago.
1: Well, now I'm off the now I'm off the brown. I'm I, I'm, I'm pooping again. <laughs> yeah. This is great
2: stuff. Could I just but say I, on that chair thing? Because I yeah. can see you on the video screen. You're in the chair that I normally sit in in the studio yes. when I did a ramble. Unless Andy's there,
1: I defer to Andy. Because he has that check as Andy is the is the goat. So oh, what do you, do you think, Alastair Campbell would do that? He's the, he's the uh, he's an alpha, and he lives up to the name alpha. You look more on the look of Pete Shaw. You're the alpha of the two, and you are as wet as a blooming wet shower cubicle.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is snappy, mate. Well done. Yeah, uh, thanks, but mate. But I th- I think people think of me as being like a really like a real bore about that kind of stuff, like an alpha about, it, and I get paranoid about it. And okay. I'm very happy to defer to Brassel in that seat because, like I say, for, for people who listen to, to the ramble, who are listening to this, will know Brassel is the goat. And he's also older than me. And so I've got mm. respect for him for that reason as well. And I, I, so I let him have that chair. But anyway, when Andy's not on the show, I have mm. that chair. And that chair is always doing what you're talking about there, but it's leaning all the way back. And I think, I, I suspect. It might be Jack from Jack's Happy Hour that moves the chair in that way. He likes it maybe right. like that, and it never gets put back again. So I, I always almost fall on my ass every time I sit in it. So if you're listening, Jack, worrying. which you're definitely not, that's your fault. Unless it's Stevie, <laughs> could be Stevie, but Stevie's
1: a very, very, very lovely young man, and I'm sure would always
2: uh, put the chair back after he used it.
1: Good stuff. Um, well, this is Luke show. Every uh, week we just talk about nonsense until we get uh, to the second half of the show on a Thursday, and then we get to talk about uh, about, about batteries. Um, I have. Uh, promised to do a magic trick that's going to be coming very very soon indeed. Uh but first, uh Luke, you uh brought up this uh, chap, this wonderful chap on uh, Twitter that I would love to speak about. Um his name is uh I can't find his name, but he's uh, a bloke who uh, basically jumps off tables uh in his back garden onto uh electronic devices, uh, uh light tubes, broken glass, juggalo, all kinds of stuff really. Uh, he's a stunt man. Uh, I think he calls himself Super superhuman Is he a Juggalo? Uh, he, I, I believe. I don't think he's a fully paid-up member of the Juggalo fraternity. I think he's just more a. Uh, he, 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 he identifies with the jugglers and the jugglets. Uh, sorry to cut in,
2: but can I just confirm? We're talking about this before we're talking about my
1: holiday, yeah? I just want to double check that. Carry on. You put it on the runner. I didn't put it if on you... there. Rory did. Who did? You put it on the WhatsApp group, so then it automatically goes on the runner. Oh, is that how that
2: WhatsApp group works? I just thought we were just sharing stuff for fun.
1: Oh, no. Everything's content. You know that. I know that. Carry on. Carry on. All right. Well, look, I I recommend checking him out because he's been on the internet for a little while. He's got 180,000 followers on Twitter. Uh, His name is Superhuman1234. Uh, Human is H-U-M-M-A-N. And, uh, oh, no, he is, uh, I mean, he's at the gathering of juggalos that's happening this year later on. Yeah, I think he might need some kind of intervention. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's not well. He's jumping off stuff in his. Is he trying to get into the
2: stuff. WWF or something?
1: Um, I don't know. He 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 talks a lot about his love for wrestling, and obviously the stuff he does is uh, as a stunt man. Uh, wrestling moves. It's, it's a lot of kind of like uh, Macho Man Randy Savage flying elbow kind of jobs and stuff in it. So um, yeah, it's. Uh...
2: I like watching people <laughs> do that kind of stuff, and and I like and my my Venn diagram. My kind of like ideal sweet spot mm. is people who hurt themselves, but not enough to seriously hurt themselves. If you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, and I think the way that he sort of delivers all of his uh, his juggle or bothering uh, stunt moves, uh, shouting "Fuck this shit" before you start everything you do in life, I think is 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 a it's to g himself up live isn't it? by. Say again? It's just to g himself up, isn't it? It is to fuck this shit. Sometimes he's got a shirt on. Uh, sometimes, uh, most of the time, he doesn't. Uh, but it—it's it, always going to end with him landing on a load of light tubes and really, really looking like he's hurting himself. There's something uh, uh, why, very exciting about seeing. Pete, why one of the videos did he choose the, a printer? I don't know, really. I mean, he's—he's he's done weed whackers. He's done. Uh, 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 I mean, he, he did a, a, an AEW Jeff Hardy style uh, dive into the um, printer. Uh, Jeff Hardy's, I think, in a bit of trouble at the moment, so maybe it was a tribute to his ill health um but uh yeah there's all kinds of stuff. He, he jumps into barbed wire he jumps into uh uh more barbed wire but with some easter eggs in there he jumps into <laughs> everything, really. he just he just he's done a slip and slide where he he slides down the end of a slip and slide with loads of like uh, micro machines and at the end uh, a lot of cheese graters uh it's just it's just good stuff it's great can stuff. i
2: also say that if if you were 15 now this is what you'd be doing on the internet
1: yeah, only once though, and you got oh, Fuck that. just hurts, that doesn't again, it? I think yeah. you just need a bit more protection. This lad's a bit of a bit of a bit of a husky lad, husky boy. I think it would be good. Uh, I think he. Um, I, I don't think I have enough protection. I certainly didn't when I was his age. What
2: are you talking about? The fact that he's got a little bit of meat on the bones.
1: Got a little bit of meat on the husky. bones. Helps, never, husky husky
2: sounds like husky's um, husky's a voice thing, isn't it? Not. A, not a now, show, husky's
1: like it. husky in America is like what you call uh, what you call fat lads. Is it? I've husky. literally never. Yeah.
2: I've been to America fifty times. I've never heard that.
1: Well, well, look, fine. Um, Is that because people aren't saying it around me
2: because I am one?
1: (laughs) Could be. (laughs) They don't don't want to. I used to have a bike called The Husky 2. I don't know why it needed a sequel, but the Husky was clearly so popular. On that
2: note about the old uh, meat on the bones, I don't know if I told you this story, but um, I was around my sister's house a few years ago. My, My niece must have been about four maybe i think she was probably in reception class or something or nursery or whatever but she was like a you know a a small actual live human so she wasn't that young mm. and um i was having a cup of tea with my sister and she was saying oh it's actually really nice um because we got invited into the nursery or the reception or whatever today the mums got invited in and the dads to to see the kids and i think they sometimes do that just to see what they learn and all the rest of it yeah and the teacher was teaching betsy which is my niece and the and the class that um you shouldn't use the word fat right it's like it's like a derogatory word. There's nothing positive about it. They don't want the kids to start growing up using it about themselves or about other people, which I think is a really positive thing, by the way. I think like, it's
1: fat. Oh, f- So you said flat. No, I fat. Like, I mean, as in, as in an apartment. As in, yeah, as in fat.
2: <laughs> and so what right. they were doing is they were they were saying to the kids, whenever you have the. Um, the kind of um, the urge inclination to, to use, to use that yeah word. the inclination to use the word fat mm. you should use lovely instead because it makes it a positive affirmation rather than a criticism or a or, okay. a, or an insult yep. right so mm. um, and I was like oh, that's amazing that's a really good idea I'd never really thought about that obviously not having kids myself I was like oh that's cool like I'm I'm pleased they're doing that kind of stuff that to me felt like real great progress right mm. in in young impressionable minds and Don't no Paul word of chip. a lie.
1: Don't pour chip pan lovely down this uh, sink. <laughs> yeah, we'll exactly. Create like, a fat bag. Sorry, I mean, a, a lovely bag. bag. <laughs> no, but it's bag. great.
2: Like, honestly, like, no word of a lie. A few minutes later, Betsy walks in from whatever what she's doing and she walks straight up to me and went, Uncle Luca, you've got a lovely tummy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's solid. Yeah. It's good stuff. And then me and my sister just start cracking up. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, having, though? That's the one thing you don't have. You may regard yourself as husky. You haven't already got a gut. What about that? What's that? Little, little, have you been stung by a wasp? What's the jowl? The jowl. Yeah, but like, you know, we're getting older, aren't we? We're all getting jowly. I've got a lot of salt and pepper in the old hair, but more salt and pepper. I don't really care. I don't really care. To be honest, these days, I don't really
2: care. I used to care a lot, and these days, I don't really care. I just can't be bothered to care. It's like, I've got to the stage of my life where I think I'm probably halfway through my life now. Yeah. the first half of it was brilliant, but a lot of it was around like the usual growing pains of insecurity and the arrested mm. development of of what it is to be a twenty first century male and all the rest of it. And
1: yeah, I just thought, I can't be asked with this for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I'm opting out. Yeah, well, I I obviously do uh, another an, another podcast with um, Chris who does the Brontobad podcast, Chris Broad, and he is uh, by his own admission, uh, you know, stone stone or two overweight. So he's he's on a bit of a health kick, but he's very much I see a lot of myself in him uh, because he's very technology first kind of solution kind oh of right game. okay yeah he's very much he'll buy the fitbit he won't necessarily do the work to, oh i'll do to, all that as well see the fitbit. so he'll sort of start with technology and i'm like oh i do this and i see i see a lot of my kind of like uh my my health failings in, in him and and uh and so if he ever uh kind of get gets on it gets back on the treadmill and i think he's kind of making a concerted effort too because he's uh, to do so because he's obviously put in uh Putting videos online about him, him trying to get fit and stuff. I just, uh, I, I sort of, I sort of go. I, I, when I play football on a Tuesday, there are lads who are got big old pot bellies. Yeah. They are, um, they are, you know, really good footballers. They've clearly played at some sort of level before. But pot bellies, they're clearly about forty-five to fifty, and fuck me, they've got better engines than I have, and I am fucking dying. Yes, yeah, so the I, first think five minutes, I, th- I think I'm there's absolutely real... dying.
2: There's a real problematic association in our society between skinny and healthy. Yeah. Right. And that's that's yeah. that's an issue because um that's probably at the heart of the issue really, because people are, are trained by society to think if someone's a little mm. bit overweight that, that that they're really unhealthy, which isn't always mm. true. Mm. And I'm not talking about people, you know, obviously if you are morbidly obese, that's not the the most healthy thing to be and yeah, you know, that's different, but the, the the problem is, like I say, that the, the association between skinniness and he- and healthiness, which mm. isn't the case. Um, and, and and for me, I think it's not necessarily. It's, what, what, what I need to clarify what I mean. What I mean is, for me, I don't really care for vanity reasons anymore. So mm. what I'm talking about is the idea. I'd like to be healthy. I'd like to be good enough to be able healthy enough to to play with my niece and nephew and and you know, you know, do do like outdoor things. Because I mean, when we were in Belgium last week, the wife I have access to it, I. Um, we got on this big, long bike ride. We rode from like Bruges up to Zabrugge, west to Blinken- uh, Blinkenberger, and then back down to Dammer, and then back to Bruges again. That was It was a long old hop. I know, that's
1: a bit hefty, isn't it? Yeah, we got we got lost
2: <laughs> a couple of times. So I reckon we probably did about 40-odd miles mm. um, on a really heavy, hire bike.
1: Mm. And then we
2: were walking around in between when we locked our bikes up. And, do, and and that kind of stuff I really wanted to be able to do, and I can do that. So that's fine. Um, but all I'm talking about is that when you're in your 20s and 30s, I think, you're a lot more worried about what people think about you, how you look and all the rest of it. Mm. And I I went to a music festival with some friends I hadn't seen for a very long time, um, a while back. And I hadn't seen them lot, some of them for seven or eight years. And, um, I was kind of a little bit insecure about how skinny and good they would look, but then they all just looked a little bit fat. So it's fine. (laughs) Apart from one of them who looked absolutely ripped, but he was the outlier. And I could kind of dismiss that as being that he's he's outdoors all the time doing the shit for his job. So that's fine. Um, So yeah, it's kind of, I think it just does get a bit easier as you get older. Um, yeah,
1: I am I'm, I'm just I've just got a cupboard full of suits that I can't fit into. Well, the trousers I can't fit into. So it's 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 a, race, yeah. it's a race against time between me and the moths. Whoever gets them first gets them.
2: I think the moths so are going to get there. I think the moths are going. to I think there. what's the the, the the hack there is? I think because if you're someone whose weight whose weight fluctuates like mine does, um, the ha- hack is to have probably three, four more suits of different sizes.
1: Right. Yeah, so you yeah, go I'll,
2: right. I'll get on the big suit the medium suit and the sli- and the slim suit or whatever. But um <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a funny old thing. I I um I don't think you I don't think we need to be kind of worried about it. I I, the, I read this book a while back actually called it's called The Courage to Be Disliked. It's, it's a little bit forward by Duncan Goodhue. Mm. Um but it's like about Adlerian psychology which is so Adler was a contemporary of Freud and Jung. So he's kind of lesser known. Um, I won't go into the detail of, of, of why it's different because it's boring. But but it's it's told through a Japanese philosophical lens. It's translated from Japanese. It's written by two Japanese people mm. and translated through into English. And there's loads of really interesting nuggets in there about the psychology behind why people are down on themselves and dislike themselves and all the rest of it. And, and it actually made me think about something, a lot of it in quite a quite a different way so I would recommend that for anyone who wants to, to learn about that kind of thing it's called The Courage to be Disliked you better right, okay. find it Um but anyway anyway Peter Um I, can I talk very briefly about my holiday is that okay yes please let's hear about the, 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 the uh, Zabruga please Zabruga is Zabruga is uh, awful I mm. mean by, by the time when you get to Zabruga you're like fucking hell I've just ridden an hour for this <laughs> um but then when you move west along the coast to, to Blankenberger it's um really nice actually, really underrated. I'd never really expected to see like almost a Cannes style beach in northern mm. Belgium, right? Right. Um with all these little beach clubs and a nice seafront and all the rest of it. So we went there for a bit, but we were staying in Bruges, which is a beautiful part of the world. If you're looking for a chilled out kind of thing to do for a few days, Bruges is the place because it's so beautiful, so quiet outside of the main square. Uh, it's got amazing canals and rivers everywhere. Um, and then before that, we were, um, m- the wife I have access to got me tickets to see Nick Cave in Verkta,
1: which is great. Right, okay, cool.
2: like yeah. So there's a festival in, Be-
1: Belgium love a music festival, did you know that? Um, no, I, I, I sort of see festivals as being more like a kind of Iberian Peninsula kind of vibe. You know uh, Puckle vibe. Pop though, right? Puckle Pop, you heard of that Oh, Puggle Pop, FM, yeah, Puggle Pop. Yeah, that's Belgium. Can someone die of Puckle Pop? Oh, don't bring it down. I'm not bringing it down. I'm just, I'm just saying. But I'm, you know, yeah. There's How loads of them anyway. There's loads of them. Yeah. Puckle
2: pops just the tip of the iceberg. It turns out. And mm. there's just one in Belgium, just not far from Brussels, near Leuven, mm. actually, called um, the T W Classic, which goes on every year with a big headliner. Yeah. Um, each time, and the and obviously because of COVID, it's not been on for a couple of years. But the last time it was headlined by a little-known New Jersey band called Bon Jovi. <laughs> but this year it was hosted by um, headlined by Nick Cave, who's one of my faves. Hmm. and uh so we went to go and see nick cave and the bad seeds uh it was pissing it down with rain which made it better because he's that kind of artist um and it was great a lovely time it's had peter and uh sipping on a belgian beer and having a uh, having a uh, a waffle and a um and, a, and uh, what else did we eat oh loads of freaks they love frites, don't they in belgium
1: oh they love the freaks frites. So they, uh, the they have the mussels so and the freaks
2: yeah there was no mussels at the festival but um but they do love mussels generally. I'll tell you mm. what, what is it about like Belgian mayonnaise that makes it so good and why can't we get it here?
1: Um, what kind of mayonnaise is it? Is it something special to it? Is it's, it's really some kind rich
2: of... and creamy and it's got a mm. really distinctive taste to it. Uh, if you if you were to get, I'll tell you what, if I was to get you a little bowl of that and a little bowl of Hellmann's, you'd be chucking the Hellmann's through the window. You'd be fuming.
1: I mean, that, that that's like a brick, the hell, a big jar of Hellmann's. That's really dangerous stuff.
2: True, yeah. Remember, make sure say. the window's open. <laughs> um, but yeah so that was good. Um and then Bruges, like I say, Bruges itself is lovely. Um, we did a little boat trip around the canals, went for a bike mm. ride, like I said. Um Dammer was a really interesting place. So someone said, Oh, go to go to Dammer because um it's like a mini Bruges. Mm. Um like it was a very strange and I'd love to know if any listeners here have been to Dammer, D-A-M-M-E. I guess like Jean-Claude Van Damme's from family is from Dammer originally, yeah. I guess. Um but it's a really small entirely medieval town mm. where nothing is open and it's famous for its <laughs> bookshops which also aren't open and there's just a few windmills dotted around it. it's like almost like a town that time forgot uh, mm. and there was one little pub beer keller type pub that was open that was absolutely cleaning up because every single tourist had obviously been told to go to damp because it's so picturesque yeah and nothing else would bother to be open <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> odd and it's the mid it's the height of summer
1: <laughs> and I think it was a Friday.
2: Like, there's no reason for everything to be closed, but it is. I, just kind of, I can't really get my head around why that would be.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's Sometimes um, Europe's kind of quite unique. Where the hell was I? I think I was in Switzerland, Geneva, I think. Um, Geneva, um, I think I was in uh, there. And the, the, it was just a random Saturday where you just presume in the summer, myself and my, my mate were just cutting around. and, and Looking for an um, indie bar? I'm looking for an indie bar. Didn't find one. Mm-hmm. Uh absolutely uh just everything was closed during the day like there there wasn't a single restaurant single it was it just it wasn't a public holiday it was just one of those things where they just didn't bother opening on a saturday and it's like guys i know that economy is kind of like built around people coming in during the week and then flying home at at the weekend but it was a saturday and just nobody like nobody just felt the need to open it was absolutely insane
2: i I think to an american as well Obviously, me, me. It's it's crazy because like mm. you could be from a small town in the U.S. and there'll be a, mail, a shopping mall there, mm. and they'll, every shop will be open until like ten p.m. Yeah, they open. It's I've... open. It's, uh, it's open for like fifteen hours a day every day. Yeah, and there were places even in Bruges, mate, which is a a, a tourist hotspot and an amazing town. It's, a, it's an amazing city for loads of reasons. I think it's the only city in the world where the whole city is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Right. Right. But like there'll be it'll be bustling in that market, and it'll be all the usual stuff you expect from like a European uh, market square, the like mm. horse, the horse carriages, the all the stuff going on, the signs, the people trying to get you into their restaurants, and then at like three o'clock it will just close <laughs> for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you like, speaking as like someone who, 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 who helps to run his own business. You are missing out on quite a lot of money there. You know, I, I'm not sure how strong your traditions you feel about your traditions, but you are losing a lot of money there.
1: And um, yeah, I guess yeah. with um, I guess with uh, I, I remember sort of um, we, we we were doing a show about um, the first episode of uh, WCW Nitro, which is obviously designed to uh, go up against um, Raw. Uh, Monday Night Raw with the WWE. Right. And and they filmed the first WCW Nitro in the middle of the Mall of America in Minnesota. You know, the, <laughs> the Mall of America where it's just this fucking massive mall. The biggest, th- it's, I think it's it's still like the top 10, uh, it's still in the top yeah, 10 of like the biggest malls in the world. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Um, and they just put this fucking ring in there. Hulk Hogan had his little fucking restaurant, his little pasta restaurant. Um, and, uh, they, and they just filmed it in the Mall of America. And you're like, this was filmed at night during when shoppers are just like running around, just shopping and stuff. Can you like see shoppers in the background? Open.
2: Say again. Can you see shoppers in the background? And stuff. Yeah,
1: you can see shoppers and shop- <laughs> in the background. It was really weird. It was like WCW just didn't want to make any money that year, but they uh, they did one. They did one episode of uh, of, of something. They did one pay per view that was on uh, a beach in California. So therefore, they couldn't charge tickets. So people were just kind of walking up. Having a bit of getting a bit of lunch, watching the wrestling, and then walking off again. But the Mall of America's—it was just sort of—it was so weird to sort of see wrestling, but in the background, just an escalator. and people Yeah, <laughs> it's a great view right. from the escalator, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, really um, good.
2: The only thing I know about the Mall of America's, I think, and it probably isn't now because of Dubai and all the rest of it, mm. or China or whatever. But it used to be the biggest China. mall in the world, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. At one point, but it, that's it, crazy. They, they just do malls right up there. I in, guess, but in, that's in what America, the it's crazy, isn't it? Cause like,
2: because like. A lot of the time, I don't know the history of the Mall of America, but I do know that Bloomington, Minnesota, isn't the you know the the hub of anywhere really. And, and a lot of the <laughs> yeah. time in the US, and this is to America's immense credit in my view, um, like it'll just be the brainchild of a couple of like wacky billionaires or something. we'll yeah. just go. We're going to build the world's biggest shopping mall, and we're going to build it here. And everyone goes, "Fuck me!" All right, great. And they do, and they do do it. Yeah, and it happens. It's, it's crazy that shit goes on. So, and, then, and then some other wacky billionaires will go let's do a wrestling event there yeah and you exactly. have to you have to be able to appreciate that that's like that's good like America's got a lot of shit going on that's bad but that stuff is good we should all be grateful that's happening
1: yeah exactly
2: and and the great thing about it is no one is going to Bloomingham regardless it doesn't matter no, it's not no. it's not an attraction <laughs> is it because it's miles away from anywhere so it's just a, it's just a it's just a funny quirk it's a really good yeah. thing anyway um, we should probably take a um a little break and come back and do some um do some uh batteries right through that uh, but um yeah i mean I, just, I wasn't expecting to talk about bloomington which is you know as, as, I, as I suspected you know a reasonable drive away from all, an already massive city minneapolis <laughs> so why don't they build it there anyway no, exactly
1: weird all right we'll be back in a second Hi, we're back. It's the Luke and on a Thursday. So, of course, we are talking about all things battery brands. If you found a weird battery that you sort of think, well, you don't hear from that brand very often. Goodness. Uh, just give us an email. Hello at Luke and uh and let us know um, where you found the battery. And uh, if you can take a picture, that would be absolutely cracking as well. Uh, a few battery brands coming in uh, this week. Uh, kicking off with um, Alan, the dinosaur in a pub dad. Um, <laughs> thank you, Alan, what? the dinosaur in a pub dad. <laughs> Don't, I kind of half remember that story, half don't. Uh, just throwing another battery in the mix for your approval. Here I have a Tadiran high-voltage lithium battery that I found in a battery pack. Are these a new player in the game? Keep up the good work. Thanks in advance. Regards, Alan the Dinosaur in a pub, Dad. Uh, Tadiran. Now, what? what is that? I mean, is that Iranian? Tad. Iran. I don't really ta- know. Yeah, how, you, where, I, what's that word coming from? Tadiran. Have you got a
2: picture? Have you got the picture in front of you? Are you happy with this as a format of battery? Uh,
1: no, I don't have the uh, the battery picture in front of me. No. What, what, what's happening in the battery? It's, the picture?
2: Bat- it's, a, it's in the battery pack. So the, the the batteries are wired together, and they come in a little plastic container.
1: Oh, like a um, like a chloride. What what size is it? Though? Is It a chloride C. Kind of. I'm looking at a Tadiran on on Google. It
2: looks a bit like a. To me, it looks like a A size.
1: Right. I look. If it is already soldered, I don't have a problem with that because they could be liberated at any moment. But uh, what voltage are you were looking at? Three point six. Three point six. I think that's. Uh, I think that might actually. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 A non-rechargeable lithium inorganic battery. Look, it's it's a it's a double A size, and we just have to expect uh, accept that and and, and and respect it. It doesn't matter what's been uh, what's been uh, sort of um, sort of glued or uh, okay. hot glued. Or, uh, or, 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 or sold okay. it together. I think that's absolutely fine. Okay, it so we're accepting it. In which case,
2: involved. Alan, congratulations to
1: you because that's a new player.
2: Woo-hoo, Sorry about the admin, stuff. but
1: we've got to get it right. Yeah. Uh, Patrick's got in touch. Hi, folks. Uh, So I had the enviable task of cleaning up my auntie's house a few weeks back. Sorry to hear that, Patrick. In the cleanup, I came across a Lego set which was stored in the loft, a loft which hadn't been entered in many a year. The Lego set belonged to a much older cousin of mine and hadn't been accessed in well over 40 years. To my surprise, I came across some batteries in the set. The conditions of the batteries astounded me. And I had to show you two gentlemen. Fingers crossed it's a new player. uh, And if not then... Fair play to whoever sent them in before me. Thanks a million, guys. Patrick. Now, is Patrick a young person? Yeah, because because I think he might be out of his fucking
2: mind. (laughs) (laughs) I like the the innocence to which he's penned this email.
1: I I love it. Patrick, please email again, because if you think Ever Ready is getting in the fucking battery list, (laughs) you've got rocks in your head, buddy. You've got batteries in your bunts.
2: This is like going to the pub with your mates, and sit them down and yeah. saying listen word of the wise have any of you tried diet coke <laughs> because i cannot tell you how many times everready's been sent in i would go as far as to say they are the most famous battery
1: brand after duracell in the world correct uh, Thought everready was oh no duracell was the bunny wasn't it was it the yeah. ever what was the everready uh, character was he like a superhero i seem to recall but everready um, were quintessential 80s 90s batteries uh, uh, you know if you were a child of the 90s you remember Ever ready batteries and the Gulf War.
2: I think I think they might have I think they might have used the bunny as well and there might be some interesting kind of crossover between Ever Ready and Duracell. okay. I feel right. like it might
1: be a kind of rebrand type vibe. What? Uh, they, d- what they just stole it off. They d- what the Everready was sort of well. Weirdly, um, you know, like I'll, I'll, we'll get into the final uh, battery brand, but did you know, like that, um, you know, like I, I'll occasionally send on the WhatsApp group. send on like loads of WhatsApp groups, um, like a Japanese mascot because they're always demented. They're always like it's always like melon crossed with a bear, yeah. and they're the uh, prefectural uh, mascot of a particular town or whatever. And it's yeah, yeah, very yeah, bizarre. Yeah. They love it's a mascot, weird. Don't they? yeah, yeah. Always they love a mascot. But I didn't realise that people create mascots and they create the suits and then they bring the person with the suit around to businesses to uh, ask them whether they want to put some money behind that animal being their mascot. So they kind of lobby to be the mascot of something. So these people create mascots, (laughs) send them to the business and go, would you like this fucker to be your mascot? Because look at him, he's dead cute. (laughs) That's (laughs) weird, isn't it? I think on the
2: Ever Ready thing, I think, I'm just looking it up now. I think that, so in certain territories, the Energizer Bunny... It's an EverReady thing. Right. And in certain other territories, it's a Duracell thing, and I can't really work out why.
1: Ever ready Energizer. Yeah. Is Energizer... What's what's Energizer? Is that, like, affiliation Energizer? Who are they? They're, like... Yeah. Energizer I, is a completely different company to EverReady, aren't they? I oh, don't no. know. It's all very no, complicated. No. And it, so Energizer does have a bunny, and it's the Energizer bunny in North America. Yeah. And then, oh, there's a legal challenge. When the Energizer trademarked its bunny, so it was a parody, I believe. Yeah, but as, so, and I think so
2: Energizer t- is just a different name for the same thing in a different territory. The same way you get like Lay's and Walkers or whatever.
1: No, I think that the Energizer bunny was originally a campaign parody of the Duracell bunnies. Uh, Despite the immense popularity of the uh, parody campaign, sales of Energizer batteries actually went down during the years that the ads ran. Can you do that? Duracell claimed that 40% of its customers thought the campaign was promoting Duracell, not Energizer, uh, but provide no uh, evidence. That's incredible. So people sort of still saw that pink bunny jumping around and thought that it was an original uh, Duracell advert and not an Energizer parody. Anyway, Duracell tried to sue... Energizer because of their Duracell bunny campaign and filed for a new United States trademark of its own, citing the original use of the character more than a decade earlier. And there was now a court settlement. Energizer and its bunny took exclusive trademark rights in the United States and Canada, and Duracell and its bunny took exclusive rights in all other places in the world. So you're half right there, Moore. Mm. Uh, and Energizer uh, does have a subsidiary, which is Ever ready. So it's all... Very interesting what a, stuff. What a, what a tangled web wee wee. I know. That's a, this is the sort of episode... Uh, uh, that, that whole basically reading out a Wikipedia article uh, would comprise... If it was a bit slower, with a bit of a jazzy piano behind it, uh, that's a This American Life episode, isn't it, Oh, maybe? yeah. <laughs> People laugh at don't they? People love it. Uh, it's People good. absolutely love it, don't they? Yeah. Uh, finally for now, Lucas Bigford. Hey, Lucas. Uh, I'm a relatively new listener to the show, living in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Famously, the home of Energizer Holdings, the parent company of Energizer, Rayovac, and EverReady Batteries. See, we didn't need to read the Wikipedia. I could have sent this fucking email. If you just scroll down <laughs> 10 centimetres, you could Thanks, have spared Lucas. me
2: and our listeners a lot yeah. of silly bother.
1: Thank you, Lucas. After hearing a battery brand episode for the first time, I devoted a non-zero amount of time to searching for a hopeful new player in an attempt to make my hometown proud. So naturally, when my shipment of Superfood Daily Greens mix arrived last week, it came with a free gift, a battery-powered milk frother. Of course, much of my excitement out of the box came tumbling. My first entrant into the battery ball, Pikachu's favorite battery, the Thunderbolt Magnum Heavy Duty 1.5 volt double A battery. I can only hope you've, uh, I can only hope you've uh, not found them all, and that this is a new player to the game. But even if it's not, I shot my shot. Cheers, fellas. Uh, thank you very much, Lucas Bigford, for uh, giving you some information I could have done with five minutes ago, to be quite frank.
2: Yeah, I think that Luke, this is a great email, chiefly because Lucas Bigford, who sounds like a porn star name. Yeah, um, okay. has yep. sent in a battery that sounds like a
1: sex toy. That's fair. That is Thunderbolt fair. Thunderbolt Magnum. Fair. Um, yeah, because it's the word Magnum, in it? It's the word L- Magnum.
2: Lucas, sadly, um, you are very close to being a new player, but you're not a new player because our friend Jake Rutchman sent these exact batteries in on the 20th of July, 2018. So almost four years ago. Right. Uh, but only, only the second person in all that time to send them in. So good for you, but not a new player. So we've got one new player out of three this week. God bless... The ever-ready submission that was never going to go anywhere. But regardless, we got one out of three new players. Not not the end of the world. Not too bad.
1: Shall we uh, finish with a very, very quick email about uh, Celebrity Urinal Encounters, and then I don't feel bad about not doing an email this week. Celebrity Urinal Encounters? How can I possibly turn that down? I know. Jimmy, uh, it, it's, it's, it's. yeah. Hello, chaps. Just caught in your favourite shows, uh, your latest shows, during a cycle ride from Munich to Venice. As a motivational pod when ascending mountains, I thoroughly recommend a battery-brand ban- chat. Maybe it energises people as they're doing something yeah. exhausting. Um, anyway, your recent section on Odd Celebrity Urinal Encounters, is that the official name? Triggered a memory I'd not thought about in years. Several years ago, I was in Manchester, and after several scoops, we found ourselves in the grapes. I seem to recall pictures of Corrie actors in the walls, uh, or on the walls and my mate telling me it was part-owned by some soap star. I can't remember. Anyway, at some point, I popped into the gents, and standing next to me is a smashed Bruce Jones, a.k.a. Les Battersby fueled by Red Stripe and jaeger, straight away I launched into alright Les he turns to me member in hand and shouts my name's not fucking Les and then he (laughs) stormed out incredible scenes that's it just thought I'd share Uh, I'm off to buy a head torch Jamie fantastic stuff and uh, sorry you got a red faced angry um, Les Battersby in the toilet with his Les Battersby out
2: yeah, I, th- I think he must surely get a lot of that, or he must have done at the time. How is he
1: still... Um... Annoyed about it.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I'd also say that um, for those who want to learn a bit more about Bruce Jones, who plays Les, ba- Les Battersby, I would again on this occasion recommend his Wikipedia page, which has quite a long and interesting section under the, t- the title
1: Personal Life. Yes, he's... Uh, he's yeah, he was uh, friends with... Um... No, he wasn't friends with. He, he, he found one of the um, Peter Suffcliffe uh, bodies, didn't he? What? Did what? He? Yeah, he did. He found one of the... Uh, he discovered the body of one of the, uh, of the Yorkshire Ripper's victims. That is very interesting. Amazing, huh?
2: Yeah. He said, he said listen, he's had a difficult time, um, um, has Bruce, and we wish him all the very best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but listen, if you've if you've encountered a celebrity in a urinal, we would very much like to hear from you as well. Hello at lucampetshow. dot com. On Monday, I said that you know if you've got any topics you want us to discuss, um, please by all means do so, and we'll, and we'll do our best to accommodate them. But we're also happy to see receive those traditional type emails as well. If you can talk about meeting a soap actor in a urinal and and being drunk and talking to him, traditional. I mean, that's up to you, I guess.
1: Mm, indeed. Uh, let's get um, out of here, Peter. Yes, we'll be back very, very soon indeed for more of this nonsense. Uh, but in the meantime, stay safe and uh, drop us an email. Hello at Luke Show.com. Ta-ta!
0: The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.